how does my tit look? Good. Both of your breasts look phenomenal. My <laughs> You're really nice, Marie. Some looking more disguised. <laughs> Which what, what bra are you wearing? What do you mean? Well, where's your bra from? <laughs> I mean, who are you wearing? Yeah, you that's very, yeah, like, who are you wearing? <laughs> well, who are you wearing? Yeah, that brand, it's, it's fairly cheap. Fenty. Tazenis, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, they're like oh, the European yeah. one. Yeah, it's just a little mesh bra. Mesh, my, my. Because big ones always have uh, padding in them. Mm. The bra I'm wearing, I know you <laughs> don't like padding, and I don't have a padding in it, and it is made for boobs from tiny to very big. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have padding in any of them. And it hoiks them right up. A is for anything. B for baby blue. C is classy clams and clogs. D for doggy doo. T is easy. F for flange. G for gallon. H for ham. I for idiot. You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Jerry. K is kooky. L for lads. Margaret ladies. Lads, lads, lads. M for money. And for knock knock. Who's there? Pee 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 pee. Q R S T U for ugly. V for Venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Z for zebra. Zinc and zany. Spaghetti. Z for zucchini. Zoom and zoom and zipple into the alphabet. Is really cool. Well, I will be talking about breasts, bras, boobs, bazonkers, bin lids. <laughs> bin lids? <laughs> no. What do you call your boobs? Boobs. I think boobs. Well, the word boob comes from the German booby. <laughs> Is it? Which that? is spelt B U with an umlaut, double B I. So it's like bubby, but like burby, which means teat, oh. um, which is also where the word tit comes from. Of course. And the word mammal actually comes from the Latin mama, which means oh. teat. They all mean teat. Oh my wow. goodness. They mean teat. Right, so I'm going to do a bit of an anatomy lesson. Excellent. So you have obviously your rib cage, and then you've got a layer of chest muscles, which is the pecs. And then fatty tissue lobules, which look like raspberry-shaped thingies, um, that are then connected via milk ducts to the nipples at the end. And that's where the milk is created and then pulled through to the nipple. There are four types of nipple. Wow. Flat, protruding, puffy and inverted. What What are yours? What does everyone have? Actually, well, I suppose they are quite flat until they're not. But then that could be said no, of I'm all. Just... I would say this is at resting, well, I'm resting have to boob have a look. face. Not a cold day. No, no, not when they're like stimulated by anything or. Yeah, the mine just... are pretty flat. You know, you're flat. What are you? You know, just checking in now, and we are talking about a protrusion. Wow, mine are very slightly raised, but but mostly flat. But also, I don't know whether that's because I just gave like, them a tweak. Yeah. yeah. What were um, yours, Marie? Uh, probably flat. At of course. The most... What do you mean, of course? Well, same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> flat because you're flat and a boring person. Yeah. <laughs> to go with your flat one. Damn wife. you. Um, so, re-nipples. We have the areola, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Areola grande. Yes. Oui, oui. Um, which is the, the pigmented circle which the nipple sticks out of in the middle. But have you ever noticed those little kind of lumps yeah, around... In the areola. Yeah. So these are called Montgomery tubercles. <laughs> discovered by tubercle. someone called Montgomery. I would imagine so. Discovered discovered by a I man. I hate yeah, to hear it. Like, on. oh, milady, what's that? But to be fair, <laughs> we, 
Milady, I do see some. Methinks it might be a Montgomery tubercle. Tubercle? Tubercle or. Tuber- tubercle. Tubercle or not tubercle? <laughs> Tis the question. So these are basically sebaceous glands, um, and this is very cool. So they lubricate the nipple with antibacterial oil, which stops the milk from becoming contaminated when you're breastfeeding. Oh, I thought it was going to protect the nip from the rash. Well, like like all of the above, because if that gets infected, you're going to be at a higher chance of... God, that's so clever. Yeah. So, so clever. Bodies are insane. They are insane. And then it gets very cool with breast milk as well because okay so breast milk is basically a mixture of water fat carbohydrate protein vitamins amino acids white blood cells antibodies and enzymes and more things and breast milk can change to your baby's needs so if your child is ill you will be producing um different ratios of those things in order to to best suit your child at that point crazy how on earth does the breast know what the baby needs like where's the sync up well it's the hormones so so it's it's all to do with hormones when you're still breastfeeding though i suppose you are still so in tune i mean some people breastfeed for a, a really long time but at that beginning i'm bit, still breastfeeding <laughs> i thought your latte tasted a bit funny <laughs> um you're so you're still so connected to the to the child i guess yeah as in there's a weird it's just they're like weird little aliens when they first come out and i can imagine the body just knows yeah the milk has a lot of uses as well that people like to uh try out so it's because it's like this miracle juice it's really good for anti-aging so people use it to put on their wrinkles no way yeah get me some breast milk right now uh soft skin soap then people make soap out of it but then i found some um slightly more alarming ones lube was oh. one of them. Oh, that gives me... Listed. The, I don't That's a bit that. smelly, isn't it? That Well, probably, yeah. I just think <laughs> you don't want breast milk... In your hooch. In your hooch. And also just in, like, sex. Oh, no. Weird. Anyway. Although I ask you this, would you think that was so disgusting if breast milk wasn't for babies? Yes. Really? Like, I wouldn't put milk like no, milk I, I on my fanny. Me neither, I don't but, think. But what's I mean, the difference between, like, milk and saliva? Because it has different stuff in it. It's so different. What do you mean? What's yeah. the difference between milk and saliva? I don't know what you're on about. I have saliva with my cereal all the time. Yeah, and you've got milk on your bedside table. There's an even weirder one after lube, which is jewellery. What? I knew that would make you angry. What in the <laughs> God's name? Perishable jewellery. No. So you can send in your milk and I, they turn it into a little charm by, <gasps> I think, mixing it with resin. What? <laughs> You've got one. <laughs> no, I'm just... I, I'm annoyingly predicting. Was it going to be a cameo? It's not as advanced as that. It's more like a pearl set in silver or whatever That's from in- what I saw. Insane. Bananas. Yeah, but great reviews on Etsy. Five stars. What? Like no. loads of five star reviews. They're on sale on Etsy. Yeah. Gosh, my horizons are just so narrow. <laughs> but it would be that you, I mean, it would be like, I'm going to get my breast milk made into a charm for me and my baby as a reminder of this wonderful time that we had together or whatever. Uh, okay. And yeah, but they're selling them to people on Etsy. I think you have to send your milk in. Oh, okay. So there's a producer on Etsy 
Yeah, because the Etsy's all just crafts, isn't it? And I bet you that producer is like, yeah, I definitely need 20 litres. And they only use one, and then they use the other 19 for something really anti-aging. weird. Like lube. anti-aging or lube. I bet they all look really young. Do any of you have an extra nipple? No. Not that I can see. <laughs> Do you? No. No, I think my mum does, though. Oh, there you go. One in 20 people have one. Wow, that's wow. a lot. The maximum amount that has been found on a human is seven. Wow, what in the world? And I think that's seven extras. So I hope I hope we're talking about nine nipples in total. Amazing. Uh, famous people, Lily Allen, Mark Wahlberg, Harry Styles, and of course, Tilda Swinton has a third nipple. Amazing. Of course. Yeah. She calls it her witch mark. She does have quite witchy energy. Oh, yeah. As in, po- in, pos- in a positive way. She's like peak third nipple energy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people get them removed, don't they? Chandler. Is that a third nipple or is it a nubbin or something? I think a nubbin is a name for a third nipple. You it, think? Chandler or Matthew Perry? <laughs> Chandler. But, but also perhaps Matthew Perry. Oh, quick question for both of you. Well, mm-hmm. it's not quick because it's leading me on to a new topic. Do either of you get nipple sadness? I don't actually, know. Right. Well, I feel lonely. G- Gina, was that a nod from you? No, no, I don't. But can you recap me on what it is and how it comes about absolutely I would love to I I have it by the way Um, Mm. not extremely but I do have it so it's basically like when your nipples are stimulated it makes you feel it's almost like feeling homesick and kind of empty and a bit nostalgic and kind of sad and anxious so recently there was a TikTok video where someone spoke about it and it had like thousands and thousands of comments being like oh my god uh, I didn't know this was a thing like I have this and um, it makes me really depressed and stuff like that and there have been no real studies into it on a scientific level they don't really know what it is but it's a widespread phenomenon they think it's related to this thing called dysphoric milk ejection reflex and it's to do that's more in the breastfeeding sense that you basically get a very quick rush of endorphins which suddenly drops and then so you get a drop in dopamine very quickly and that's all they can offer. So if you're not breastfeeding, it's just the idea that if your nipples are being stimulated for whatever reason, um, it just gives you this strange, strange feeling. It sounds like a similar thing to when having a panic attack or something that you've got all of this energy and it can come about from something very small that actually poses no real danger to you. But the function of that happening is for when back in ye olde day you had to like run away from a saber-toothed tiger but now we still have that reaction even if it's just like you haven't handed in an essay yeah yeah interesting so maybe it is a quite a similar like a hangover from the days of yore yeah and I, but I wonder what the purpose of that would be though because you'd think all of our hormones are geared up for bonding with kids mm. so so is is it something that does happen to women who are breastfeeding? Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of when they have done studies into it, it's, it's because of women who breastfeed that are struggling because it makes them feel sad. And it's not linked at all to, is it postpartum depression? Yeah. Um, post Or postnatal. Yeah, Because um, then you feel fine when you stop stimulating the nipple. So it's, it's very much... Oh, so it's a short-term thing. It's yeah, like yeah, while yeah. the nipple's stimulated, you feel sad and then afterwards it's fine. Yeah, fine. So also... Aside from the only mammals that have like a permanent breast, humans are also the only mammals that are kind of fascinated by breasts in a sexual context. Like no other animals do this. Is that also because um, it requires hands and you can't stimulate breasts with hooves? Well, mouths, well, I guess. Yeah. There's, 
the mouth. There is the mouth. And just... <laughs> you could rub it with a hoof. Oh, no. What also, an image. I don't, yeah. A cloven hoof. <laughs> Why cloven? I don't know. That's just what came into my... What is a cloven hoof? What does cloven It's like with a, the line in it. Yeah, it's like that. Good for getting the nipple in the, in the split. Yeah. So yes. pig, pigs, sheep and uh, goats would be very good at that. That's so interesting that that we are the only mammals that have breasts full time and also they are Sexy. part of sex. Yeah. As in that feels like maybe there's a connection between between those two th- things. Because they're just around. Yeah. Yeah, maybe initially men were like, oh, this sucks. What are these sacks? And then, you know, I don't mean only men like tits, but, but maybe initially it was like, oh... The sacks are still here, and then they realised they were around for good, and they decided to make them into a sexy thing. Yeah. Are, what, do, do you, are you going to answer this question, Rika, as to why? There isn't an answer for it, but I was. I have some... There are theories. I'd love to hear them. But I also would like to know how much breasts factored in sex ages ago, because I don't know if maybe it's a more modern idea, mm. whether we're on an animal level drawn to it or if it's a societal thing because obviously even just viewing sex as a pleasurable thing is something that's fairly rare and limited to only a few species so the fact that we already have that and then obviously we're fairly advanced so we can start to think about all the ways we can stimulate the body and the pursuit of pleasure that to me would make sense as to why this happens rather than a kind of like inbuilt animalistic urge that other animals don't have but also We've turned them into a bit of a taboo, you know. Free the nipple, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which always makes things sexy. Maybe it's to do with mummy issues. Goo goo gaga, get me back on that teat. Interesting, yeah. Well, as in that's why people find them attractive. Yeah, like the whole like whore Madonna complex. Mm. Mm. Speaking of size though, right, so these fluctuations in size... 76% of UK women are happy with the size of their boobs, which I find quite surprising. I'm thrilled to hear that. I'm very, Yeah, it was very um, heartening because yeah. I find I hear a lot of people being very down on their tits. Agreed. Um, mm. So basically, this is a quite an interesting stat because 40% had considered a bread, <laughs> bread augmentation. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a baguette. We need bigger baguettes. <laughs> um had considered a breast augmentation. Um, so out of 76% being happy, still out of that 100%, 40% had considered changing them, which is quite weird. Was so. this the same study? Yeah. Oh. I think it was like cosmopolitan though. So 30% have flattened with a sports bra as opposed to 29% who had stuffed their bra, which is very interesting. So more people want smaller boobs. More people... Yeah, had done stuff with their bra to basically make them feel smaller rather than stuffing their bra. But only a 1% difference, but that was just quite interesting. I've definitely done that. Oh, me too. Or I used to Although I, sports bras. I actually found that sports bras made made me look like I had more of just a shelf. Uniboob. A uniboob, yeah. Yeah. Rather than... In, in some ways, I felt it drew more of an eye to my breasts. Yeah. Or breast. Or breast. Yeah. So on the subject of size, and this is the last thing I've got on my uh, my sheet for you all, um, the largest natural breasts in the world, which belong to a lady called Annie Hawkins Taylor from Atlanta, Georgia, who goes by the name Norma Stitz. Norma Stitz. <laughs> Norma Stitz. Yeah. Very good. Um, what size do you think her boobs are? Blimey. Right. 
<laughs> wrong. Is I, it is it P? I mean, surely Zs. Yeah, but what what, what number? How many Zs? <gasps> Triple Zs. Triple Zs. And what number are we looking at here, ladies? Forty-eight. Sixty. Oh. Higher. Wow. They what? are one hundred and two triple Zs. They are sixty-five pounds each. Wow. Well, I get one free. Um, <laughs> and they are four and a half feet long. Wow. They're still growing, and it's actually because she has a condition called gigantomastia, which means that by age nine, she already had 36D. Oh, poor lass. She can't sleep on her back because they might crush her. She has to have sex on her side. She's never breastfed her kids because she might smother them. But, and this is the positive part, she's refused a doctor-advised reduction because she has a website, of course, that men pay to look at those big guys. And... um. She has earned over a million pounds. She's like oh. put her kids through college. She has like a huge house, like really nice cars. And she's just like, no, why would I trade this in? I love my giant boobs and everything they've brought me. Um, she even has a bodyguard because she has so many fans. Wow. Well, that was a nice story. Yeah. What a legend. What a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Who's ready for round two? Me. Me. Okay, girls. I'm talking about Barbie, also known as Barbara Roberts. Whoa. Absolutely, yeah. That's her full name. She is from which state in the US? Idaho. I'm going to say Georgia. I mean, I would have said... Before this week, great guess. But she ain't. She's from Wisconsin. Of course. <laughs> you too. Um, she comes from a fictional town in Wisconsin called Willows. And she hit the scene in 1959. Now, her creator, Ruth Handler. Oh. Who, yeah, what a feminist icon. She was born in 1916 and she was a co-founder and owner or CEO, rather, of, of Mattel, Although, which is like the world's largest toy manufacturer. But I feel like Barbies are quite stereotypically... Well, hang on a second, okay, Jelly. sorry. It's a mixed bag. Okay, it's a mixed bag. Let me just give you a little bit of history on Barbie. So 1959 was when she hit the shelves. She was named after Ruth Handler's daughter, Barbara. Lovely. That's where the name came from. Got it. And I believe at the time you could get her either brunette or blonde. Now, Ken, her famous male counterpart and on-off lover, boyfriend, partner, he came onto the scene in 1961. So he's two years younger than Barbie. Now get this, ladies. Guess who Ken's named after? Kenneth, of course. Her son? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Barbie and Ken are brother and sister. That's... Oh, my God. I mean, they're not in the fictional world of Barbie and Ken, but they are named after brother and sister. Ooh. So imagine I, growing what? up watching this iconic couple play out on again, off again. Hang on. And it's you and your brother. Have we ever seen Barbie and Ken even kiss? Because maybe they are brother and sister and we all just got it way wrong. I'm judging by the research that I've done. <laughs> okay. I think that we can say they're not brother and sister. I always hoped he was gay. You might be right. I think currently they're together, but they've been on again, off again 
and guess which day they broke up on although they've Valentine's Day yes 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 they broke up on Valentine's Day 2004 so this is where it gets confusing Barbie has never been a mother and that was a choice that they made there are really some feminist aspects to Barbie they've always wanted her to be a career woman she's had over 150 different jobs and those include astronaut president rapper I mean she's done everything okay that's cool This there is nothing this woman can't do but they didn't want her to be a mum because there was a feeling that they didn't want young girls to look up to this person and see that that was the avenue they were going down of being a mother and they wanted it to be more inspirational to young girls and to give them kind of positive role models in a diverse selection of careers. I honestly think Ken's a bit of a wet blanket. So when he hit the scene in 61, he was first seen. They met at a pool party, in fact. And Ken was seen in his swimming trunks and what looks to me suspiciously like a single strap of Birkenstock, which, you know bit limp bit that, limp isn't it one strap yeah i think you're gonna have to go double strap or go home if if a man were trying to woo me and he were in a single strap birkenstock i'd laugh him out of town yeah and i don't know what barbie was thinking actually when she met ken at that pool party in his one strap burke i guess she didn't have much choice expand well there's only two of them he was the first person like her that she'd met <laughs> You mean plastic? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think at this fictional pool party, there must have been other plastic people. Yeah, but not ones with names. But they all look different. Well, this is the thing as well. And and so nowadays, Barbie's actually very good at representing a diverse range of women. And I know, so traditionally, the Barbie body shape and look is very one way. It's like the blonde, unbelievably pin-like mile-long legs and Mm. large titties and tiny rib cage but now I think she's now available in over 20 skin tones something like over 80 hairstyles varying abilities different body shapes so I mean still they they call it like curvy barbie curvy barbie looks more like what a normal human thin person looks like (laughs) as in like on the thin side yeah so my problem is that they're obviously doing a lot better mattel at making barbie a representative doll and making her a bit more feminist and a bit more of a suitable role model for young girls it seems to be high up on their agenda is being a positive influence on young children they've got a whole thing on their website they've like done paid research researching like the effects of doll play on your child developing empathy wow um it seems like the way they're going nowadays is like trying to really create a positive space for barbie in in young people's development but i have a few issues because they seem to think that Barbie is very feminist because they've made her president and they've made her an astronaut and she represents lots of different people now. Where are the pubes? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Not about Barbie. (laughs) Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I suppose if if it's a doll for young children... She's got big tits. That's true, yeah, that's true. And also, what's, what's... 
what's wrong with pubes what's interesting actually in Nothing. terms of <laughs> sorry just to clarify <laughs> when one thinks of a doll and doll play which I also find to be quite an interesting turn of phrase you think of a ba- like a baby is a traditionally dolly. a dolly yeah but um, Barbie's a, a woman mm. she's fully grown developed but hairless and nippleless as we've discussed which is quite a strange thing to give a child yeah what are you telling children about the adult body yeah you're saying nipples are pornographic yeah actually if we're going to free the nipple we need to stick them onto barbie mm-hmm. yeah i think that's yeah. where it starts it does people always say it starts in childhood let's get some nipples on barbie also as a small child you're confronted with like boob and nipple a lot more than yeah you would later on anyway yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah well I don't know. The thing, so one of the things that stood out when I was reading about the history of Barbie, there wasn't an explanation for this, but they said in 1970, thanks to the groundswell of the feminist movement and female empowerment, her sparkling blue eyes faced forward for the first time. What way were they facing before? Whoa. I mean, I asked myself the same question, and I think they were looking to the side, but then I thought, what's that got to do with feminism and female empowerment? What? That's bananas. Maybe that's where the expression eyes in the back of your head comes from. <laughs> <laughs> What's your earliest memory of of a Barbie doll? Can you remember? I don't have any memories with Barbie dolls as I just don't really recall anyone having them. But I do have a memory of a Polly Pocket. Will that be allowed? Yep, you're allowed. So my, I remember this This is one of my earliest memories. I think my godfather gave me a Polly Pocket for my fourth or fifth birthday. And uh, I I think I might have told you this before, but he gave me, he presented me with, it was like a purple case that unfolded and had the Polly Pocket world in it. He presented me with it. I said, thank you very much and walked straight over to the bin and put it in the bin. It does sound like something that you would potentially do. It does. It feel, it chimes with me. Yeah resonates yeah mm. so I think it's just an acknowledgement of thank you but I'm never going to use this thank you but I hate this yeah but also just quite interesting that that's just classic isn't it that that I got given a Polly Pocket because I'm a girl mm. I had that and I found I think I got given some, a Barbie or a couple of Barbies from someone when I was a kid and I was always much more interested in Action Man of course um so the Barbies, me and my brother took them outside and we actually buried them in the ground with their heads sticking out so that when the lawnmower went over them, they would be decapitated. Oh my God. Again, I have my, my memories of Barbies as being at my friend's house who had Barbies and I was yanking their heads off. Yeah, or cutting all their hair off and like doing sort of almost quite sadistic things. We would like burn bits of them as well, but I think that's also because it's just quite fun to burn plastic when you're a kid. Yeah. But yeah, so clearly didn't really connect with Barbie well for so me much. it was all about the animals so <laughs> I was always a lover of the animals um, that's the chicken farming Barbie in you well it I read a statistic can't for the life of me remember where but that said if you want to succeed in giving a present to a child you're 80% more likely to get it right if it's an animal vibe thing or mm. an animal themed toy or something which I totally agree with, given my experience as a child. If someone gave me anything to do with an animal, I'd be chuffed to bits. Yeah, yeah. And if they gave, you know, like a bloody nighty, piss off. Yeah. Piss off. But I wonder whether also we, all three of us had brothers. 
and perhaps that that was informing our tastes. Yeah, I, I distinctly time. remember. I was kind of interested in Barbies. I liked the plasticness of them, and maybe the clothes a bit. And I thought I can't express the desire for a Barbie because I'd be embarrassed. But I also had a sister, but she was an action man sister. There you go. See, she had the uh, action man that would swim in the bath. Great fun at bath cool. time. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really all I've got to say about Barbie. In conclusion, Barbie has some feminist aspects to her, but she hasn't got pubes, so she's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you bloody go. There you go. For my B, I've chosen breakups. So, general stats, and I will also... <laughs> <Is he>? yeah. <laughs> At ease, soldier. Reporting for Judy. Most of these, because it was really hard. Oh, no. General stats. Um, most of these are for heterosexual couples, because there's very little data when it comes to same-sex relationships. But, so, as of 2019 because 2020 was obviously an absolute wild ride for relationships because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, 42% of marriages ended in divorce. In 2019, there were 200,000 divorces. In the UK. Sorry, yes, this is for the UK. The divorce rate for opposite sex couples is highest for men aged 45 to 49 and women aged 40 to 44. Mm-hmm. This reflects the tendency that men have to go for younger women. 62% of divorces were on the petition of the wife. 60% of marriages are expected to end by the 20th wedding anniversary. Oof. In that year, there were 1,217 civil partnerships dissolved. This cost the taxpayer 51 billion. What? Yeah, mad. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas. Because in terms of like family support and care, in terms of therapy and mental health, costs and issues what about an admin admin lawyers etc wow because until quite recently as well i they've i think they've changed the law on this but to get a divorce you had to essentially take someone to court because it was the no fault law which meant that a marriage couldn't be ended peacefully basically someone had to be found at fault yeah which i do believe they've changed now because it's a breach of contract exactly way to get it's a it's a it's a contract and if you, you can only get out of it if someone's breached it you can't just be like we want to get out which is quite spooky Jeannie you had a question which I have answered for you here which was the average length of marriage at time of divorce does anybody like to hazard a guess 16 years quite close Marie but no uh, 18 14 closer that's 15 close. no I'll uh, tell you 12.5 years I guess that would do it wouldn't it yeah 12 you, years you know by then don't you yeah and 74% of same-sex divorces in 2019 were female couples, with lesbian couples being two and a half times more likely to split than gay men. So sociologists believe the lower rates of divorces among gay men may reflect a trend of women committing sooner and having higher, higher expectations for a relationship. <laughs> God, we're such stereotypes, aren't we? Now, the committing sooner thing, 100% true. Yeah. It is wild. Yeah. What do you mean? Can you uh, share your secrets? Well, not not personally. I mean, it, it's the um, like lesbian trope, yeah, which is f- like most tropes, kind of founded in truth. But that you know, the, the the classic joke is that what does a lesbian bring 
on the first date it's a U-Haul because you're going to move in what they bring on the second day a turkey baster because you're going to have kids so that's like the ongoing joke in the community is that reflected <laughs> may I ask both of you breakups lesbian breakups are they because I just read a really great memoir by a chef a New York chef who's a lesbian and she was talking about a breakup that she had with one of her long-term partners and it took them a year to move out of living together post-breakup and she says something in the book like lesbians take forever to break up and you've said they they get into relationships very quickly Do you, does that chime with your experience the drawn out breakup thing as much as the instant move in baby vibe I do think if I look at my friendship group the percentage of same-sex couples who break up and remain friends is much higher than with heterosexual couples, which yeah. is quite interesting, I think. Yeah, I've, I've, in my experience, I have like very good relationships with my exes, bar one, and that, I think, is something really lovely. And I feel like when I've spoken to heterosexual friends of mine, there's a, a much more of a feeling of like, well, if the relationship ends, like I don't want to see that person again. I think the thing of cutting off after you break up with someone is a self-protection thing. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a lot of cases, I think people just think I can't... Because it's too hard to, to make that distinction between friend and... Love. Foe. <laughs> friend and foe. Yeah. Um, so now I will provide you on a little bit. I mean, I think, to be honest, you you would probably be able to guess all of the leading reasons for um, filing for divorce. Would you like to have a guess? Fallen out of love. Oh. Affairs? Yeah. I've heard that as affairs. Affairs? <laughs> Someone brought a hat back from Turkey <laughs> and it didn't go down with the missus. <laughs> Overall, the results indicate that the most often cited reasons for divorce at the individual level were lack of commitment, 75%, which I suppose could be falling out of love. Yeah. Infidelity, 59.6%, and too much conflict and arguing, 57.7%. Followed by marrying too young, marrying too young, 45.1%, financial problems, 36.7%, substance abuse and domestic violence. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so dreadful. And according, what, marriage? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, according to the research, that's literally what it said. Capital T, capital R. On this, this page I was reading the average woman finds her life partner at the age of 25 while for men they're more likely to find their soulmate at 28 with half of people finding the one in their 20s wow but does that mean the one that you divorce from <laughs> how many ones how many ones makes a one obviously with covid everything just went completely bananas, bananas. and the leading British law firm Stewart's logged an 122% increase in inquiries between July and October of 2020 and the charity Citizens Advice reported a spike in researches for online advice on ending a relationship wow country with the highest divorce rate in the world um you're not going to guess so I'm going to tell you well you but Uzbekistan have... no but love it <laughs> Rico, did you care? The Maldives. <gasps> but that's where sandals is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the honeymoon resort, isn't it? Oh, I mean, no, I, sorry. I thought you'd spent people wear sandals a lot. No, no. I mean, 
isn't the Maldives just where loads of people go for honeymoons it's like a classic like the yeah. island Romantic. maybe that's why everyone sees everyone coming in on their honeymoon period whilst you're like 10 years down the line oh yeah, yeah. makes you feel rubbish about your relationship yeah and the Libya has the lowest divorce rate in the world with only 24 divorces per 1,000 people, but it's relatively small in comparison to countries like the US. Mm. And the shortest celebrity marriage, anyone know it? Oof. I feel like, uh, would we? I feel... Yeah, I think you would. You, you might not know who they were married to, but... Katie Price? No. Paris Hilton? No. It's in, that, in that vein, no. Britney? No. Oh. Shall we tell you? Yeah, yeah, go on. Kim Kardashian? And Chris Humphreys. Who's Chris Humphreys? Well, he, I didn't know, but she was... Who's Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Don't you dare. I believe it was 79 days. So, oh, that's I, quite long. Yeah, I thought, I, yeah. Maybe it was Is 59. it because it's an annulment? Bef- oh, no, you said shortest marriage. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a minute. I suppose that does sound quite decent. But 59 days, that's just over a month or whatever. Oh, I, I thought said you 79. said 79. Yeah. Maybe it was 59. Anyway, short. it was short. It was short-lived. When it comes to relationships, the average relationship lasts two years and nine months, which is quite good going, I think. Yeah. And the average relationship in your 20s lasts for four years, but they aren't necessarily consecutive years. So there might be some oning and offing. Oh. Which I also found very interesting. And with 60% of 20-somethings reporting at least one on and off relationship. Now, for you two, is it once it's done, it's done? Or is it a more flexible view on the whole? I think for me, the feeling, I've only got one to go on, but post-breakup, you go through some kind of metamorphosis in yourself and it might be tiny, but the thought of then returning, and this applies if it was like going back to an old job or something. It's like you're undoing a piece of yourself that you've grown that's how I would see it. I'm not saying I don't think it's objectively bad. It's just that's how I would feel about it. Yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah, they're also very catching breakups. Yeah, like I the week that I broke up w- with my breakup, two was it three people close to me broke up in the same week, and all of us in you know year plus relationships. Yeah, I definitely noticed that. It always happens. There's a wave. Yeah. I had a lot of fun this morning. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. Some of it was so traumatic. But going through. Wait, hang on. Wait till you hear what I'm going to say. Going through a Reddit thread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on which people had shared the worst ways that they'd been broken up with. Some of them, I just, I can't understand how you could do these things to another human being. Like so fucked up. But I chose some of. Some funny, some horrible, so race yourselves. Okay, worst ways to break up from a Reddit thread. Top of the list was just in a group text. So oh. brutal. So brutal. These, these are people saying how they've been broken up with. And then one guy said, uh, she made the, the decision hastily, tell everyone but me, ghosted me, then sent me an email to not my prime, primary email address that I never check. Oh my god. Someone else said, I found out my ex and I weren't together after he posted an Instagram picture with his best friend of three years saying, it only took me three years to ask her out. (gasps) Oh. Wow. My fiancé of seven years, friends for 15, aka half our fucking lives, left while I was sleeping, took everything. 
so just you have to be a rotten soul yeah, yeah. unless i mean i do always try and see it from the other's point of view but and and maybe that person was going through something awful but just general human compassion like yeah. you just don't treat another human being like that this one is awful my boyfriend broke up with me by texting me asking how my day was i said fine how was yours he responded with great had a fantastic day with my girlfriend i was at work all day we had been together for four years and been living together for two he'd been cheating on me and decided to leave me for his mistress good times wow Woof. but the common thread that i found when going through this chain was that so many people have been completely ghosted by partners after being with them for years and years and years also another really common one was that they're meeting up with their partner and their partner introducing them to someone saying this is my girlfriend so weird so straight like oh, just the what? thought i mean how could you function with those with living two lives yeah so stressful living one I life would, is stressful oh I'd, I'd absolutely melt yeah just trying to maintain those realities i mean i think i think ghosting any someone at any any time isn't particularly pleasant but i can understand it if it's a cut you know you've you've perhaps you haven't even met them and you're just messaging or you've met them a couple of times and it's just easier than but i, I think you, sh- you you always owe someone it oh, is tricky because it, it can go bad any way you do it mm. i think only in the context of like one-off dates yeah. with strangers i've tried both the formal i don't think this is going anywhere and then the ghosting and in both instances basically got called a massive arsehole oh tricky so that's unfair to call you a massive arsehole if you just said it wasn't you yeah didn't see it going anywhere well in, in one of those cases it was i hadn't really ghosted them i just was taking i mean it was less than a day that i hadn't replied and then one phone call that I missed and I got a message saying, you're such a rude bitch. <gasps> that wow. Is, that's like being your soft boy yeah. material yeah, again. 100%. So then I, then I replied, I said, actually, I just didn't really want to hurt your feelings or or say something that like was presumptuous on my part to say, I don't think this is going anywhere. And I just said, you know, I don't think... I don't think this is going anywhere now, Sonny. <laughs> what, did he respond to that? No, he didn't respond to that. And then in the case of the person who I was more direct with, we'd barely been on a date. We went for a drink. And the next day, he, he was very rude to me when we were having the drink. So in my head, I was like, this person's an idiot. And then the next day he asked me to, to meet him again and I said, oh, I, you know, I don't really think this is going to pan out. Whatever, probably phrased it like an idiot, but trying to be... I don't imagine be, that you did. Trying to be thoughtful and polite and direct. And he replied being like, oh, goodbye, God's gift to men. Oh, oh my, my God, God, Gina! What is wrong with people? Men. <laughs> the common thread. That is insane. Yeah. Golly, 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 golly. Then there's a whole nother kettle of fish. Fitch. <laughs> kettle of fish, which is friend breakups, which are equally as difficult. I haven't broken up with a friend, but I might after this. 
<laughs> okay. Well, let's leave it there then. <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A is 4 with Marika, Jelly and Gina. Next week, you can hear us chatting cheese, celebrating crisps and confronting crime. And if you fancy it, you can follow us on Instagram at A is 4 Podcast. A is 4, A is 4, A is 4.